0: Hello, so my guest today is an author, thought partner, spiritual mentor and facilitator and now helps people to discover joy and inner peace within themselves. Welcome to the show, Nicole Gert.
1: Thank you. Nice to be here, John.
0: Um, I was struggling over how to pronounce your surname, but hopefully that's good enough.
1: (laughs) It's it's good enough. (laughs) (laughs) And
0: then you're joining me all the way from New Hampshire. It's lovely to speak to you. Um, that was a very brief introduction about you. So please do tell the listeners more about yourself, what you do and how you help about your book. There's so much stuff to talk about.
1: Yes. Um, well, a little bit about myself, what I do. I, as you said, I um, I help people really discover joy within themselves. And mm-hmm. the way I do that is kind of based on the framework in my book where I work with the five elements and the subtle bodies in in a way, I think I take a top down approach. Top down being I work at the, what I think of as the highest level of our being, or one of the highest levels, which is okay. at the soul level, and I'm really working with individuals to uncover or discover or really be in touch with your soul's wisdom, uh, and to bring that soul wisdom, that soul illumination through. Um, through the lower levels of our being so that we have this um, really deep embodied sense of uh, consciousness so that we're balanced in both our material self so Mm -hmm. our physical being and our non-material self which is our um, connection to spirit or uh, non-material non-physical reality and to bring those um, together and you know, when when we're, I think, not in an experience of joy, there's dissatisfaction, unhappiness, whatever the labels we want to assign. And when we can get in touch with the the soul's point of view, okay. we really are elevating ourselves to a higher perspective. And I think, yeah, there's a lot more joy when we're in touch with that inner radiance. Uh, so bringing that uh, out um, into into the world, and so helping individuals to do that.
0: Yeah, because generally you would see that spiritual self or that higher self is the last thing when you look at a lot of other how mm-hmm. other other sort of practitioners' theories and everything work. It's kind of getting the base stuff right first, and then coming into the higher self. But the way you do it is to right come in from a different direction.
1: Yeah. And as you say, I think there is this tendency to kind of work from the bottom up. Mm. Um, and I found that in the evolution of my own work where I started with a lot of um, physical somatic practices, body work, for example, mm. yeah. was that um, there, there was this always this need to go higher to, to reach to that soul level because there wasn't as much change happening at the physical level. No. And there was always this... Um, uh, there was always this need to to sort of address these higher levels. And so as I started to shift my work and sort of flip things, um, so to speak, from that top-down approach,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I've been able to see how when we can bring that energy um, down from the soul, it's much easier to illuminate all these um, other levels and to create what I think of as a much more long-lasting um, Experience of healing and satisfaction and fulfillment, um, and I imagine too, you know, when you're working with, you know, with clients and relationships, right, that there's a similar kind of um, experience of of going into yourself mm. um, and 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 reaching for a higher perspective.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, not to give too much away about how I work, but yes, definitely.
1: <laughs>
0: it's it's all, it, it always comes back to self. And, it, and yes. And if, if that's that's not in a good, healthy space, then mm-hmm. gente- anything else that's outside of that will will struggle or suffer in somewhere as well. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it's um, it's generally not something I say. And again, I'm going to give this away now with people that to be listening. Um, <laughs> it's something generally I would say because I find that people when they're looking at relationship stuff they want to look at relationship stuff Mm -hmm. if you if you kind of let them know that we're going to be looking at you and your role in this and the the part that you play Mm. okay no I want to I want I want just want to sort everything else out outside (laughs) I don't really want to look at me so much I don't want to look at what I'm doing that might be but yeah ultimately again you know I think I think people are silly that they don't really know this but to a certain degree it's this it's out of our awareness that actually it all revolves around us and and mm-hmm. if we don't do the work on ourselves then we're going to find it really difficult to experience anything that we really want to the fir- the holiest of fulfillment possible outside of that
1: mm-hmm. I, I think the the phrase I've been using recently is that our first relationship is the relationship we have with ourselves yeah. it's,
0: our, um, it's our 24-7 space isn't it and you know. Yes. Uh, and it's always something we're always in. Uh, and we can't get away you're from. always
1: you're always <laughs> with yourself. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so if it's not in a great space, everything else is gonna kind of be affected by it in some way. And if right. you're in a great space, then everything else outside of it's gonna be affected in a in a different way.
1: Exactly. And and I think that's part of what I talk about too in the book is this microcosmic, macrocosmic relationship. Mm-hmm. We are a microcosm of the macrocosm. And that's how I see the five elements. Um one of the reasons I'm so inspired to work with them is that there is this consciousness and this relationship that we have um, both inside and outside of ourselves. And Mm -hmm. there's a reflection. We can see that when we, I guess, when we look at things from that point of view, when we see that what's outside of us is really a reflection of what's within us, uh, uh, then, you know, we can start to take a little bit more of a different perspective and see, okay, well, what, what is the energy that I'm putting out in the universe? How is the universe or the physical reality speaking to me? What's being shown back to me? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not always easy to see it because it's not always easy to see ourselves. We're very front oriented.
2: Um,
1: So we always have a shadow and a blind spot. So working, you know, I think working with mentors and coaches is one of the ways that we can work with those blind spots. Uh, I think it's really valuable actually to do that.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. You just so I had just had a session recently with somebody, and I pointed out a connection to something, and they've been in therapy for years. Mm-hmm. And I said, "But what about that relationship?" And they went, "But I've always thought about this relationship." So it was always about the relationship with one parent rather than the other. And I said, "Well, how does the other one reflect reflect on how you are now in relationships?" So, and mm-hmm. well, I've never really thought about that. And then in delving into that, you could see that their the reflection of their relationship with the other parent they'd never really looked at was actually manifesting most of the problems in the relationships they were now having. Yeah, um, But like, it, it just took someone to go, well, why that?
1: Right. Hey, look over here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been completely, like you said, completely blindsided by what they believed that relationship to be like, to actually what it really was like for them. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think that's why we draw, you know, coaches and mentors and guides you know to us Mm -hmm. is because we are looking for um you know we i believe that we have the wholeness and the wisdom within us Mm -hmm. already it's just that because we can't see every aspect of ourselves Mm -hmm. we draw that outer reflection in order to see what's in Mm -hmm. i get a little teared every now and again when i when i'm talking about something that touches on what i call a um uh, a kind of a deep spiritual truth, so these are kind of tears of truth. Okay. Um, so every now and again, you might see me um or your listeners might hear me kind of grab a tissue um, <laughs> and dab my eyes. um and it's because um, I feel like you know there's a kind of a soul wisdom that comes through,
0: okay, and that really sort of touches you,
1: yeah, mm. exactly. So we, you know we have tears of joy and we have yeah. tears of sadness and grief, but we also have tears of truth. Um, mm. That's a really and,
0: way of looking at it. I've never thought of it like that.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. something I've learned to accept in myself that that happens. And yeah. so when I turn into waterworks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's very interesting because I've got a line that I love to that I love to mm-hmm. use as far as relationships are concerned. And it's so meaningful to me and, and it chokes me up every time. And I think it is, it's one of those um it is the like sort of expressing what you're expressing there. It's when I say you've got this and I've got you, That. Mm-hmm touches something inside yeah. of me i don't i do well yeah up, you know, but like you said i think that is there is a truth right that for me that brings up a certain emotional uh resonance um which is neither sadness nor joy it's just something of meaning
1: yes exactly mm. exactly and i feel that too as you said that um okay. i feel a resonance with that deep um that deep uh wisdom
0: yeah so Tim tell, tell me how does that work so i mean do we do we, is it best to start with the kind of the five elements to look at the mm. to look at how you work through from the kind of the higher level upwards
1: sure so
0: tell us it's about in- what best firstly what your book is called
1: so the <laughs> the book is called yoga and the five elements spiritual wisdom for everyday living mm-hmm. and it's meant to be uh what i hope is something practical so in each chapter just about there are various exercises or prompts to journal. Um, I'm a big proponent of journaling yeah. um, to to contemplate. Um, so meditation uh, that's not um, that that involves also kind of introspection and also some somatic practices. When I talk about somatic, I mean really working with the body. Mm-hmm. Um, so to bring these kind of concepts and these ideas to life. Right. uh, in every day. So that's the, the spiritual wisdom every day. Um, the yoga and the five elements is, so I'm drawing from it, from the perspective of, um, a, um, Indian philosophy and the way I think about yoga, which may not be the same for everybody else, but how I think of it is, um, it's a method and it's a philosophy about finding your own inner freedom. Okay inner liberation and we do that when we peel back all the all the layers that obscure our true self Mm -hmm. um so it's you know the analogy i use sometimes is we're naturally radiant and sort of pristine within ourselves and we have dust like on the mirror and so when we polish the mirror when we wipe away the dust that's the that's the um pulling away clearing away all the uh, all the obscurations, all the illusions, all the limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves. Yeah. And so the five elements are pretty much as we know them outside of uh, in the world in nature. So earth, water, uh, air, fire, and space. Mm-hmm. And we can see all those elements reflected in us because they're a part of us right. uh, and they become, well, at least the way I think about it is that we can work with we're meaning making as human beings. We make meaning through stories, through symbols, yeah. and the elements are just one framework for doing that.
2: Okay.
1: And interestingly, in the book, I start with earth because our orientation tends to be from the body, right? We wake up, we open our eyes, and we're in our physical experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of take, the, take readers through from earth all the way to space, whereas... And you could work backwards in the book. There's no reason you okay. couldn't. <laughs> you <laughs> be could start a, that'd with maybe
0: you personally resonate with. I guess.
1: Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, um, but when you get to space, space is all about integration. <clears throat> space represents how we hold, or the, how the elements hold everything together. Um, and so much of, I think there's there's so much pressure often to move from one thing to the next so we don't often have the space to integrate a lesson that we've just gone through
2: right
1: so uh, and that can be everything from moving house changing jobs Um, how often is it that people have an opportunity moving from one job to the next to actually take a breath Mm
2: -hmm.
1: between them there often isn't the space to do that but integration is such an important thing even in relationships you've Left one relationship or a relationship's ended for whatever the reason, and now you're in another one. Mm. Um, And having the space in between those um, moments is essential. So, you know, I kind of move to the end to see that every experience is ultimately um, a place we get to where we integrate the lesson. And then we're kind of moving through the cycles of our evolution of growth. Yeah, I'll pause there maybe for a moment. (laughs) just just to take that in myself,
0: <laughs> okay, this, this feels like a really all encompassing like you really live this experience, like you said, just talking about it there, it brings up such an emotional mm. wave for you, and it's like you really live in this space,
1: yeah, I do, yeah, I do, and i'm gonna I'm gonna get a little teary out again because I think that's very true, and it it is. I feel very touched hearing that um. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, uh, I'm I'm sure you'd really do some amazing work with people because of your kind your level your depth of commitment and and what you're offering them.
1: I hope so. I feel like you know um my work is to be of service.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
1: and I and I think um when we're coming from their place it's not it's not really about me it's really about the person. Yeah. Just right. being being a support for them um oh, no, and just... i think oh i'm sorry go ahead no, no, go. i was just gonna say you know part of part of what i mean i didn't sit down sit down to write write a book consciously yeah. right it sort of came out of me and the universe was asking me to do it because it happened during COVID. Right. um and there was just this energy directing me to sort of empty this out into the world. And I realized that the book becomes a container and a form for reaching other people. There's a limit to how many people I can help individually, Mm -hmm. but hopefully with a book that has a message of, of saying, you know, you have this in yourself, here are some tools to, to find this within yourself, Mm -hmm. then that can touch more lives. And so the book becomes another vehicle for being of service to the world in some way. At least that's my hope.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I think, that, like you said, that's that you can't help everybody, and and not everybody's going to hear your message, and you're not going to have the time or the energy, right? To give yourself to everybody to help help them through the process. But like you said as well, and I can completely agree. And this is the thing through therapy, coaching, and it's like people have the answers within themselves. You just maybe have to tease it out of them a little bit um, and make them see, yeah. actually, allow them to see that they have got this within themselves to 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 mm-hmm that they need to resolve and and move through um
1: right and how often is it that we're in a space where someone is just sitting and holding a space for us to be deeply heard
2: Mm -hmm. i think
1: that's such a deep need
0: yeah most definitely as a therapist it was just some sometimes that was just the best space to be in with clients
2: Mm -hmm.
0: actually they were just saying i just just really value this space because it's the only space i get to talk about right and my stuff to be acknowledged Mm -hmm. just to get all of this stuff off my chest and it's just about me time and I don't get anything apart from this time with you to be able to do that
1: right Mm. and it's actually a practice of self care when you do that too because you're attending to your own needs Mm. so it's, it's actually selfless when you do that in a sense because you are when you attend to yourself you're actually able to give back to mm. others around you, because you're more um, resourced mm. and more pre- you can be more present when you've when you've attended to your own needs.
0: Yeah, no, that's a really important message. I think that people, I really want people to understand, and I think they mm. need to understand that. And I don't know how many times I've had a conversation where people say, "I'm so selfish being here talking about my stuff." Right. Know, like you said, it's a selfless space. If you take that out into the world. Mhm you're in a much better space everyone that you're trying to help or everybody that you think you're being selfish towards because you're trying to help yourself are the people that are going to benefit the most because right. you've got so much more to on offer because you're in a good space
1: Mhm I think the root of so much conflict often comes in from a lack of uh fulfillment of basic needs mm-hmm. Um, and when we're not attending to our own needs, it's very difficult then for others to satisfy those needs when we ourselves don't know what those needs are.
0: Yeah, most definitely. And I guess we could also miss what the needs of other people are at oh. space as well, right? Because we, we, we absolutely. we're not in touch with what that might be for ourselves. So it's going to be really sometimes quite hard to really know what the real need is within someone else.
1: Mm-hmm. A- absolutely. Mm. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that
0: yeah so can we come back to the book and the sure and the five elements so you've talked about earth so could you just give us a brief idea about what the different elements uh in your book are are uh reflecting
1: sure so i think of earth as embodiment mm-hmm. and being grounded um i think of water as flow and being able to move through different obstacles um and really when we start to see life as not as they're not being these obstacles to overcome, but that there really are lessons that have been laid out for us. And mm-hmm. that when we're uh, in tune with ourselves and in alignment with everything else that's around us flow just naturally happens. So I think of water as that symbol. Yeah. Um, air is all about perspective. So, we often think of air sometimes as the air we breathe and oxygen, but I think about it more as the the stratosphere, the layers between the earth and the sky. And so as we sort of ascend, um, like getting on a plane, we're at that 30,000-foot view, and then we're able to see things far and wide. Mm-hmm. And the capacity with air is to be able to move between those layers of being able to see things from a higher point of view, but then also to be able to come in and zero in and analyze something in greater detail. And okay. so knowing how to do that and tapping into, um, when we're, when we have a, um, the capacity to see things from a witnessed state, an emotionally neutral state. Okay, yeah. Uh, that, that I think of as air. It's, it's, um, it's that capacity to see things more clearly. Um
0: uh, so you're kind of suspending judgment, meaning, perspective, and, and being able to kind of take a a, a kind of a, a bigger view and a, a exactly non kind of uh what's the word? Non attached view to something.
1: Yes. Yep. Um the word I would maybe use is um kind of dispassionate. There's there's no there's no attachment, there's no clinging, there's no craving. Um, it's really just a neutral observation Um, and that's not easy to cultivate no definitely Um, not (laughs) but it's so valuable in in self-growth and self-development and bringing that presence into relationships um and in a way air and fire they're sort of at a midpoint with each other because when we get to fire i think of that as um a transformational element so we can be transformed in the fire of life Mm -hmm. it also has the power to heal right when we burn away and we slough off the things that we don't need Mm -hmm. and it also symbolizes how the when we're in touch with our um our unique path in life the the word i would use um to draw from sanskrit is dharma but it's really path it's your way in the world and your expression of your soul's purpose.
2: Okay.
1: Um, uh, when we have the motivation and the enthusiasm, it's much easier uh, to bring that through and to also shine that light, our, our true self.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the last element is space, which I w- started with, which is integration. But it's also actually when we think about um, space holding everything, That's that feeling of interdependence, that we're connected to everything and everything's connected to us.
2: Okay.
1: That we're not a separate self as much as we might think we are.
2: Yeah.
1: And through that interdependence, um, there's a feeling of oneness. uh, And uh, that's that boundary between selfishness and selflessness, that when we can hold our own identity <clears throat> excuse me without being overwhelmed with us this, this idea that well there's everybody else i have to kind of self-protect yeah. and there are reasons to do that of mm-hmm. course yeah but there's also reasons to soften those boundaries and to feel a sense of um kinship with everything and not just humanity but with the planet
0: mm-hmm. yeah no no I can, I can completely see that there is uh, I did some when I did my counselling training. We talked about Jungian, the collective consciousness, and all that kind of stuff, and how mm-hmm. stuff passed on through generations unconsciously, and how we are all connected unconsciously in in some way, shape, or form. And if we allow ourselves to be open to that space, it makes such a huge difference to how we are able to connect and 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 be part of everything.
1: Yeah. And I think that, so that reminds me of what you just said of two things, which is that help is always around us. It's always available to us and that there's grace around us. And so when we're, when we open up a little bit more, here we go again, the tears (laughs) we tune into, we open ourselves up to the, the grace of the, of the universe, um, to, uh source energy whatever people want to call it or think about it but really that there's a sense of grace that flows through um through our life
0: mm-hmm. yeah I guess that's a really beautiful way of putting it wow. yeah. thank you um and just like again i want to come back to that like we said i don't about the spiritual mm. embodiment of all of this and and the higher self
2: mm. uh,
0: if when we talk about that and I don't think we kind of went into, into too much detail before, but when you talk about that kind of spiritual self, higher self, what do you think that offers somebody as uh, that's different from maybe why how we might approach it from a thoughtful, um, and also as you said, like a somatic kind of physical space. If we we're looking at it from maybe our best selves, what do you think mm. that how does that help
2: us?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um I'm going to take a moment to think about that for a moment. Yes. Um, so I think the highest self that we are is is that part of us that is um, is naturally radiant, an un, unblemished whole.
2: Okay.
1: And because we have a physical experience, and we think of ourselves, we we identify with all these labels of how we think we are. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we we reify, we reinforce, we re-identify constantly with this idea of I'm my personality and my ego or I am my body right. or I am these labels that I've created for myself or that other people have created for me, all these other external expectations, mm-hmm. all the social and family conditioning. And when we start to realize that, we're so much more than that. We have access to a very deep sense of um, self, but also this life force that's within us. And when we feel, when we uh, when we feel much more in tune with that life force, life feels more fulfilling. It feels more satisfying. There's more kind of vital energy.
2: All right.
1: So I think from the perspective of seeing ourselves in that higher dimension in that higher point of view i think that gives us the permission to realize that we're not all these things that we've been told to think we are or that we've identified with thinking that we ourselves are right and there's a freedom in that so for me it's a process of liberating yourself from all these ideas and these concepts and becoming who you are which is energy so I think of the sort of substrate consciousness, the substrate of, of who we are is really just energy and that energy coming into form, form being a body and physical reality. And energy itself is is neutral. It's what we do with it. Mm-hmm. And so when we're tapping into the kind of our essence, um, there's there's no judgment. I mean, when we... When we sit in a space, sort of, we were talking about this a few moments ago of, about being with clients, yeah. of what it's like to be in a space of not being judged, to have a space completely held.
2: Yeah,
1: it's an amazing feeling. If mm-hmm. you feel completely seen, mm-hmm. why can't we do that for ourselves? And I and I think we can.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, that's that's quite perfect. It's just reminded me of actually when I had therapy for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um. And I cried at the end of the sessions, and I said to the therapist, thank you. Because this is the first time that somebody's actually given me a space to hear me. Mm. Got me going, yeah?
1: <laughs> yeah, just to sit and hold that for a moment, because that's beautiful.
0: Mm. And And that's something I had never experienced before.
2: Yeah.
0: And like you said, why can't we do that for ourselves? Why can't we hold ourselves in complete acceptance and understanding? Thank you, John. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. It's it, powerful. <laughs> it very powerful. It is very powerful. and like, I kind of forgot about that experience and, and how meaningful that was. And
2: breathe. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so just to sort of now shift away from very heartfelt moments, I must say. Mm, yeah. Um relationships for you in, in your life, Nicole, is um how significant are they for you and how have they influenced you and sort of driven you in into, into certain sorts of spaces within your life?
1: It's such a deep question, John. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, gosh I mean we have so many relationships in our lives there's the relationships we have with our parents with our siblings if we have siblings with family um, and those are our formative relationships Mm. right Uh, and then of course the the friendships that we have and the the primary uh, relationships that we develop so for me when I think back on sort of where you know where my life has been and the relationships i've had um there've been many that have had um a you know a profound effect Mm -hmm. um certainly i think the relationship with my parents giving me the freedom to spread wings and fly Mm -hmm. uh moving um across the ocean to another country because i think Not being, um, not having had kids of my own, I have um, stepkids, Mm -hmm. so I haven't had the same uh, kind of experience of of what it means when kids fledge. Um, But I think for parents, there's this um, you want to keep your kids close to you, and so giving me the space and the freedom to do that and live my dream was hugely important because when I moved here twenty odd years ago. I was I think still a babe twenty four <laughs> on my
0: own'm
1: yeah. still I figuring... don't
0: recognize your accent you come from south africa
1: south africa yes uh i I was still figuring out myself and who I was, and uh that was a big leap of faith so that was you know that's been a, a really important um had a very important effect uh on my life mm. um and that's that support um I've also had um, a long-term, you know, decades-long relationship with my spiritual teacher. And that has had a profound uh, effect Mm -hmm. and transformation, really, um, on helping me uh, remember myself. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, um, my primary relationship, um, I've been with my husband for About 10 years feels longer, which is why I had to pause for a moment. (laughs) I had to think about that for a second. There's
0: there's another story behind that.
1: (laughs) We got married actually in COVID. Um, We managed to squeak it in when everything was closed. Okay. Uh, And, you know, it took me a long time to meet him. Uh, I had to be ready in myself. Mm -hmm. And I realized that all the experiences I had up to that moment was, me learning about me and what I was bringing to the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you touched on that uh, at uh, earlier in our conversation about okay. uh, in coaching and relationships, the, the need to see yourself and what you're bringing to the experience. Yeah. Um, and they say, I think that uh, co- old colloquial expression of you have to kiss many is it frogs Frogs, to meet your Uh, prince prince, yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I and I think there's truth to that but the truth is is that it's not that you're kissing frogs there it's it's really that you're learning about yourself um and and realizing who you are and what you're bringing to the experience Mm. um and also the patterns that we have Mm. so I I had to learn the the patterns that i was repeating in my life over and over and over again until i was able to break the cycle
2: yeah
1: uh and that's not easy to do because part of that is seeing the the blind spots in yourself yeah and in particular when you're always looking for the same thing you're really just seeing you're really looking at your blind spot all the time and repeating that over and over yeah yeah. um so when we're able to break that cycle and make a change, um yeah it's prof- it's profound. And I feel very fortunate. I have um, an amazing partner in my life who's very caring um, and very supportive, and with whom we have we share the same sort of worldview.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We're very much aligned in our beliefs. And I've learned that that's such an important part of a relationship is how do your beliefs match up? How do your spiritual or non-spiritual worldviews match up? Mm -hmm. Um, And coming to it with a kind of uh, emotional and spiritual um, maturity. And you know, I keep learning and growing through through the relationship. In a way, it becomes its own spiritual practice mm-hmm. because i always say it's never really about the other person and what i mean by that is very often the things that trigger us are the are, are our reactions yeah and um we're responsible for that not the other person
0: yeah yeah that's a hard message to to hear and to to take on board isn't it i mean i you know mm-hmm. And I've been in some terrible situations and when I've said that in sessions when I've been working with couples and then someone uses that as a an excuse to take no responsibility Mm. about me this is all about you and and you need to work on your stuff and completely like uses it in the wrong way but it's so true isn't it it's like um I need to acknowledge that it's my reaction you might be doing something I'm not comfortable with or or that I'm very happy about whatever it might be but I need to own my, my reaction to whatever it is that's going on within me. Yes. Rather than trying to blame and shift that responsibility onto somebody else all the time.
1: Totally. And I think one of the things I had to learn was, one, blame is never appropriate. Mm-hmm. And two, um, you can't make someone else be responsible for the, just what you're saying, for the things that they're responsible for. We're, we're responsible for our actions and reactions, and everybody's responsible on their side for their actions and reactions, but we can't require that of other people. And so sometimes the work is doing the work on yourself Mm -hmm. and letting go and forgiving. Um, even when that person that you're not involved with anymore is not around. Um, and so the responsibility of healing yourself falls to you yeah. um, and giving yourself that permission and realizing that, you know, sometimes the closure that you need um, is not going to come in the way that you necessarily expect it or want it.
0: No, I think that's a, that's a, a great way. Unfortunately, we are going to run out of time, but to <laughs> leave that conversation. Um, yeah. If people want to find out how to get uh, how to work with you and and how to, and how they can get a hold of the book, uh, how would they do that?
1: So the book is available online, um, uh, Amazon of course, <laughs> Amazon US, UK. Um, there's Bookshop.org, which uh, allows you to buy and support your local bookstores if they don't have it in store. Okay. Um, and as far as working with me uh, through my website, nicolegurt.com there's a little form you can fill out, you can reach out. And um, uh, that's the best way to, to get in touch with me. Nice. And then of course um, I kind of run in a monthly ish <laughs> newsletter <laughs> where <laughs> I sort of yeah. <laughs> monthly ish, because I, I've never really in, in, in all the years that I've written newsletters, never been able to commit to a schedule. <laughs> I say, I'm going to do this monthly or I'm going to do a quarterly and it never happens. Yeah. But I, I, I send out a, um, a living joyfully newsletter where i kind of share some uh some sort of introspection and contemplation and um some other little things and that's another way people can stay in touch and if they're not necessarily looking for direct one-on-one work
0: okay that's awesome yeah i think that's a really good thing as well because the way like i said before the way that you are i'm sure you put a lot into that as well and maybe that's why it's not a monthly thing uh, because it it might feel like it's, it's it's a lot of you that goes into that, and I think people yeah, really resonate with that if they sign up for your newsletter. Um, so if you want to so. get a hold of uh, Nicole's book, you can get that on all sort of major platforms. Because is there an access link on your website to get to the book as well?
1: Yes, both on the home page and on the there's a book page, and it takes you to whatever platform you want to buy from.
0: Right. Uh, and all the links to, to get in touch will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time today. Do you have, I mean, although we just finished that conversation that we just had on something really profound, I think, is there anything else that like a favorite quote or words of wisdom that you would like to leave the listeners with to take away today?
1: Uh, sure, John. Um, for me, it's my, my own philosophy, which is uh, every moment is an opportunity to realize yourself practice kindness to yourself and others, and live as lightly as you can on the earth. Leave, you know, live with as light a touch as possible, knowing that we have no, there's no way to have no impact, but we can be conscious about what we do. And um, yeah, those are just three simple things yeah. that I, I live by and I offer to others.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a a lovely conversation. It
1: has been. Thank you, John. It's been great to be here with you.
0: And I look forward to speaking to you again soon.
1: Likewise.
0: Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.